athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Everything that happens is definitely God's plan. You're tuned in to the Dopey Show on radio from the press box to press row. I am your host, Donald Ware. You know, I got to tell you, and you know, we've been talking a lot of NBA lately on the program. And I got to tell you, Wednesday night was the last night or of regular season NBA basketball. And I got to be honest with you, Thursday and Friday, sort of a downer for me. Because there was no bas, there's no basketball on, but Saturday the NBA playoffs begin again. And and as I said at the end of last season, when the Warriors ultimately won the NBA championship, it was going to be a phenomenal offseason. As a matter of fact, if you really think about, it, if you think about from the time that the Warriors won the championship, that was June of 2017, to this point uh, in the towards the middle part of april i mean that's what uh 10 months the nba has essentially been hot and heavy there's almost been virtually no off season for the nba the summer was was crazy with all of the different signings that we have so the nba is in full effect and the nba playoffs do in fact begin on saturday and we're going to talk a lot of nba today here on from the press box to press row I'm going to have my thoughts on all of the matchups as you have the Spurs, Warriors, Wizards versus Raptors, Heat versus 76ers, Trailblazers versus Pelicans, Bucks versus Celtics, Pacers versus the Cavaliers. And, and I mean, that's just a couple of the games um, that we have. Jazz, Thunder, Timberwolves, Rockets. Um, I mean, it's just so much to really, really get to today here on the program. And I'm going to have my thoughts on all of those matchups today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We're two weeks away from the NFL draft, and I can think back to 2006, and that was the first year that we began to talk with some of the prospective uh, draftees here on the program, and especially those uh, in the HBCU football world, although we've talked with some of those outside of the HBCU football world as well. In that first year here on the program, and I'll never forget it, we had four prospective NFL draftees. We had Jason Hatcher out of Grambling, who ultimately went on to be a third-round draft choice by the Cowboys. As a matter of fact, he retired he didn't play last season in 2017. He retired after the 2015 season or in 2016. So had a, a solid 10-year career with both the Cowboys and the Redskins. We also had Bruce Eugene. 
one of the pro, most prolific quarterbacks uh, in FCS or, or 1AA history, played at Grambling also. We had Tavares Jackson, uh, then uh, he had you know just come out of Alabama State. The quarterback ultimately went on to to start in this league. As a matter of fact, that year he was a second round draft choice in 2006 by the Minnesota Vikings. Um, he had a you know, he he it, it could have been a lot better, I think, for Tavares Jackson. Uh, I think he you know showed some signs of some things that he could do. Ultimately, he may not have gotten the full opportunity that he may have wanted. And I think at in, at some juncture probably deserved ultimately went on to be a backup quarterback, a solid backup quarterback that had some starter experience and ultimately did win a championship with the Seattle Seahawks. So we had him on the program. Then also in the 2006 draft, we had Antoine Bethay, uh, uh, formerly of Howard, and he ultimately went on to be a six-round draft pick that year out of Howard by the Indianapolis Colts, started every game. Uh, matter of fact, he started every game he's played in, every game that Antoine Bethay has played in, he has started. Every game that Antoine Bethay has played in, he has started and uh, ultimately went on that year to, as a matter of fact, uh, starting uh, starting free safety. I believe he played free safety, starting free safety, and won the uh, and the Colts won the big game that year. Had a chance to. It, it was it was crazy because had never met him in person. Um, had a chance to have him on the program uh, in 2006. The draft. It may have been sometime in March, maybe early April. That's when the draft was. In 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 the towards the the first or second week of April back during 2006, and then less than a year later was talking with him face to face during the week of the big game. So it was really really cool. Anyway, so it was those four guys: Antoine Bethay, Tavares Jackson, uh, Jason Hatcher, and Bruce Eugene joined us back in 2006. I mean, we've had. You know, a lot of lot of guys since then that have come on the program prior to them being drafted. Um, uh, Tariq Cohen comes to mind more recently. Last year, Javon Hargrave um, out of uh, uh, South Carolina State got drafted a couple of years ago. Well, on today's program, Martez Carter, now formerly of Grambling, the running back and return specialist, going to join us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. For the NFL Draft, we're also going to talk with Martez Carter today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. You know, sit back and relax and enjoy the program for about the next 55, 54 minutes or so here on the program. I mean, you, you never know which way the program will go. We'll talk a lot of NBA. You never know who may, in fact, join the program on today. Your participation here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Always want to have your participation. Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. While you're on Twitter, follow us also there. Also on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. We love to shout out uh, those radio stations that, in fact, carry us uh, on From the Press Box to Press Row. And, <clears throat> excuse me, as a matter of fact, Martez Carter's hometown 
is Monroe. So if you're in Monroe, Louisiana, so maybe you're listening to us in Monroe, Ruston, Grambling, Louisiana on Sports Talk 97.7 or KGRM. Um, perhaps you're listening to us in Tampa on WURK, in Washington on WHUR 96.3 HD2, perhaps in Pittsburgh on WGBN. Maybe you're in Roanoke Rapids listening to us on Sports Talk Radio 1230. Um, maybe you're in Nashville listening to us on WFSK. Perhaps you're in Greensboro listening to us on WNAA. Maybe where we're located right here in Raleigh, you're listening to us on Buzz Sports Radio or perhaps Power 750 WAUG, wherever you may be. And nationally, especially let me give a big shout out to all of my truck drivers that are listening to us on Sirius XM channels 141 and 142 and those listening to us uh, that are not truck drivers that are maybe driving somewhere listening in your car and of course those listening to us around the world at box2row.com we got some matchups um for the NBA playoffs and I want to start here uh, a, a couple of matchups I really want to get to I, I want to try to get to all of them and kind of give you my thoughts on who I think will win who I think um and, and what some of the outcomes will be can I kind of start with the OKC deal and Russell Westbrook for the second straight season, uh, averaging a triple-double? Now, a lot had been made that coming into that last game against Memphis that Westbrook needed 16 rebounds to, in fact, average the triple-double, and he ended up getting 20 rebounds in that game. A lot had been made about how he went about getting those rebounds, um, the fact that, um, you know, some of his teammates may have let him get those rebounds. Listen, you know, I I have really no problem with that. I mean, it for someone to be able to average a triple double in a season is it doesn't happen. Okay, it really doesn't happen. Look, the last time it was done prior to. In fact, Westbrook doing it last year was Oscar Robertson did it, was it 40 years ago he averaged a triple-double? So to be able to average a triple-double in back-to-back seasons is no big deal. You know, I've heard a lot of people kind of debate this and talk about it and so on and so forth. And, I mean, you can argue the rebounds all day. You you can argue if teammates let you go out and be able to go up and get the rebounds and all of that. You can argue that all day, but you can't argue the points that, Anyone who does that is able to score and also the re the the assists that in this case Westbrook was in fact able to get in excess of 10 assists a night. We can talk about rebounds all day. You can talk about that all day, but you can't talk about I mean, like that's the hardest thing to do. Uh, Well, the hardest thing to do is actually to be able to to get the rebounds now in the type of offense that OKC plays it, it it. You know, a lot of times you have Westbrook kind of going out and getting the rebound. He's so fast. Instead of waiting for a big man to get it in the outlet and all that, you can Westbrook gets it himself, gets right up the court. You know, the hardest thing to do is to be able to get the rebound. So, yeah, he needed to get 16 rebounds. His It's no doubt that his teammates helped him on Wednesday night to be able to, to get those rebounds. There's no doubt about that. But night in and night out to be able to get 10 rebounds and then ultimately to be able to get the points, the in excess. I don't even know what he's in. Is, is, is he in excess of 20 points a game? 
I mean, and it doesn't matter as long as he's in excess of 10, which he's well beyond 10, I'm sure. He might be a little more than 20, something like that. 10 assists, 10 rebounds a game is really saying something. So the haters just need to stop hating. And um, it, it was it was essentially a meaningless game. Memphis obviously uh, wasn't going anywhere. Uh, oh, you know, I, I you know I don't remember if that game meant a whole lot to OKC in terms of the standings, but ultimately they were able to win the game. And um, so you know, hey, what's what's uh, you know what's what's really the uh, the big deal? So you know, again, we're gonna talk more NBA and, and OKC has um, a pretty interesting matchup there in the first round. You gotta wonder, you know, now. Now, that's a matchup, okay, where OKC against Utah, and Utah's the higher seed. That's a 3-6 matchup where the Thunder has a real chance of winning that game. I like the way the Jazz are playing. At one time, the Jazz weren't playing well at all. About midway through the season, they weren't playing well. I believe they were under 500, and all of a sudden, they have one of the better records from the second half of the season on and have put themselves in a number three position. Remember, they played well in the playoffs last year, won a first-round series. In the, I think they won a first-round series. If they didn't win the first-round series, they at least played extremely well last year, and so a lot of those pieces come back, and then you add the Mitchell kid to the mix. Utah's going to be a – is definitely a dangerous team. But, I, I, you know, of all the matchups, to me, that's probably the most intriguing uh, matchup is that 3-6 matchup with the Jazz and the Thunder. The thing about the Thunder, they, they're sort of inconsistent to me, a little bit up and down, um, if you will. They'll beat a really good team one night and then lose to a really bad team another night. The playoffs are on, and we're going to talk more about them today. Here on From the Press Box to Press Row, more on the other side. On last week's From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Villanova guard Phil Booth, which championship is sweeter? Uh, good question. I see people ask this, you know, which one would you, how would you rather win? 2016, 2018. I would still say this year, I would rather win by 17, knowing one minute come out the game, coach coming you out, and you're getting that round of applause, knowing everybody's a national champion. Just that feeling of success and, you know, the, throughout the whole year. You know, we don't talk about winning championships, but stuff like that happens. It's just amazing. It truly shows you just, when you stay locked in and focused. I definitely would rather win. In this way. I don't know which one is sweeter though. The way we won for 16, you can't beat that. It's both for me. From the press box to press row is one of the hottest sports talk shows in the country. Join Donald each week as he takes you on a journey through the world of HBCU sports and pro sports and interviews with top sports and entertainment figures. That's from the press box to press row each week on your favorite station. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. Still to come here on From the Press Box to Press Row NFL hopeful Martez Carter. Now, formerly of Grambling, going to join us on the program. Right now, we are going to talk some basketball here on From the Press Box to Press Road, the NBA playoffs beginning um, Saturday. And um, 
some really intriguing matchups. Like I talked a little bit in the last segment about the Jazz and Thunder matchup. I didn't I didn't exactly say who was going to win that matchup. I, that is such a hard matchup to predict because you're talking about a Jazz team that's young. They're on the rise. Uh, that's a really good basketball team. Very well coached. You're talking about a Thunder team that's sort of been up and down this season, but has the playoff experience, at least with respect to to Westbrook and, um, you know, even Paul George. Um, you know, I, man, that, that that's a tough game to pick. I think I'm going to go with the Jazz in this one. I'm going to go with the Jazz in a seven-game series. And um, I, I really I, I, I think that the Jazz um, are just going to be able to get it done. They're young. They're energetic. They have been to the playoffs. They played well in the playoffs on last year. They got, you know, Gobert and Mitchell and all of those guys. I think they're really going to play well. So I'm actually going to go with the Jazz in that series. It's interesting. You have the Warriors and the Spurs in a first-round matchup, and probably without Steph Curry for the Warriors. This is a this is a very dangerous matchup for Golden State. Um, it's a situation, I think, that I think they'll win the series. But, you know, again, I, I like the fact that well, I don't like the fact that is that the Warriors haven't played well to end the season. They didn't play well to end the season at all, and I think that's going to be a bit of a factor. You couple that with the fact that you don't have a Steph Curry, um, I think it does present some challenges. You know, I mean, if you you know, the Warriors got blown out by 40 points, 40 points against Utah. And, I mean, that's definitely not a good sign. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I like about the Spurs. They're not going to have Kawhi Leonard. But you have some guys that have some playoff experience, Manu Ginobili, so on and so forth. You know, he, he's a, he's an older player. But if LaMarcus Aldridge, the thing about LaMarcus Aldridge, he's a really good player. And if you go back his last year in Portland, he was really, really good. The problem with LaMarcus, and even, even – 2016, um, his first year with the Spurs, he started off pretty well. The problem with LaMarcus Aldridge is that when playoff time comes around, he seems to disappear. If he can stay focused and play well in the playoffs, and then you couple that with a guy that I really like, and I think a lot of people, I remember when the Spurs first signed Rudy Gay. I'm like, that's a really good signing. I know Gay had been injured a lot. But Gay has played well for the Spurs. I think if he can he can play and be healthy, if LaMarcus Aldridge comes to play, they're definitely going to give the Warriors some problems. But I just think that the Warriors are going to come together. Uh, yeah, they lost to Utah by 40 points. But, I mean, it's towards the end of the season. You know, their mind is on the playoffs. That game meant more to Utah than it did to the Warriors, although you don't want to lose by 40 points. The fact of the matter is, um, I, I think that the Warriors ultimately win this series. And then once they get Steph Curry back, I mean, they're going to have to kind of work him back. He's been gone for quite some time. But I think they they put the pedal to the metal um, from that point on. 
also on Saturday, you got the Wizards and the Raptors. I like this matchup. I think the teams, if I'm not mistaken, don't have it right in front of me, but I think the teams split their four meetings during the regular season. You know, Kyle Lowry for the Raptors is a guy that you, you talk about these guys and disappearing in the playoffs, especially last year. Mentioned LaMarcus Aldridge. Well, Lowry was a guy that disappeared in the playoffs on last year as well. Now, will that happen again this year? That that remains to be seen. The Raptors have been not only the best team in the East this year, but the most consistent team in the East this year. I, I, you know, I, I like the way the Celtics have fought without uh, Kyrie Irving, but at the end of the day, they're not going to be able to get it done. And I talked about this last week. If you have that number seven slot, and, I, and I'm going to talk about the Bucks and the Celtics series in a little bit, I thought if the Wizards could get that seven slot that they definitely would have beaten the Celtics this year. No Kyrie Irving. Obviously, you didn't have Gordon Hayward to start the season. But the Wizards messed around. They lost to Orlando in their last game of the season. They needed to get that win. Had they gotten that win, then they would have been the number seven seed going up against the Celtics. Instead, they lost that game, and now they have an extremely tough matchup against the Raptors. I will say this for the Wizards. When John Wall plays, and you you can look at the game uh, against the Celtics, they beat the Celtics, what was that, Tuesday night, when it, 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 John Wall has, I don't know that he has his legs entirely under him, if that knee is 100%, but he's at least at 90%, and you know, this is a guy that makes all the difference in the world for that Wizards team. I, I This is going to be a much tougher series than I think people think it's going to be in a 1-8 matchup. This is a very dangerous Wizards team, one that I think is going to be able to play a little bit loose. I think their, their bench is a lot better this year. I really do. I mean, DeMarco DeRozan is, is having an absolutely monster season. And is shooting the three ball well as well, in addition to being able to be a bona fide scorer. This is an experienced Toronto Raptors team. I think ultimately the Raptors win this series, and I think it's going to go a full seven games with the series going back to Toronto and to Toronto uh, ultimately winning that series. Uh, Also on Saturday, you have the 76ers and the Heat. You know, last week I talked about the 76ers, and I said this is a young 76ers team that has no virtually no experience in the playoffs. But that's when I thought they may be going up against maybe a Wizards team that has some experience or maybe a Cavaliers team that's the defending or three-time defending Eastern Conference champs. But they're going up against a Heat team that, I mean, I'm going to give Miami some credit. Like, I'm going to give Miami some credit. They played well down the stretch. Um, you know, I didn't see that this would be a team. I mean, this was, they didn't do very well last year. Two years ago, they were in the playoffs. They had, uh, of course, at that time, a, a younger, even if it was only two years ago, a younger Dwayne Wade. A lot has transpired within the last two years for Dwayne Wade. But I just think that the 76ers are too young, too talented. Yes, MB probably won't play in there. He's not going to play in game one. But even that said, I think the 76ers win that series. Also on Saturday, the Trailblazers and the Pelicans. 
Uh, wow, what a matchup. I, I, when we talked about when Boogie Cousins first went down and I said, this is going to now be on Anthony Davis to step up for this Pelicans team. The, the Pelicans have played much better without Cousins and with Davis putting more of the team on his shoulders. This is a good matchup. The Trailblazers are so hot going into this thing. Um, you know, I, I, I like the Trailblazers in this series. I think Anthony Davis is going to do some damage, but it's not going to have enough help. And the Trailblazers are super hot. Uh, I like the Trailblazers in this series. You got some matchups uh, on Sunday, Bucks and Celtics. I like the I like the Celtics in this series. I realize that again, no Kyrie Irving. It's the matchup, and I think the Wizards had a better would have beaten the Celtics. But I, I you know, I this is a well coached Celtics team, still a good team. It's still a good team even without Kyrie Irving. Playoff experience also. Um, I, I like the Celtics in the series against the Bucks. Also on Sunday, the Cavaliers and the Pacers. Boy, the Pacers have played so well this year. Um, uh, Oladipo has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, But I don't think the Pacers are going to have enough to be able to beat the Cavaliers. Kevin Love is going to show up. You know, my thing with Kevin Love is showing up in the finals. But in the the playoffs, he's going to show up. And I think the Cavaliers ultimately are going to win that series. Um, Also, Jazz Thunder, I talked a little bit about that series already that I thought that the Jazz would ultimately win that series, and I think it's going to be a really good series. And then the last game, you have the Rockets and the Timberwolves. That's the the late game on Sunday. The Timberwolves just sneaking into the playoffs, getting past Denver. What a race we had in the Western Conference. The seedings and all were not really decided until Wednesday, and ultimately the Timberwolves beating Denver on national TV on Wednesday and the Timberwolves get in. It's a young Timberwolves team. It's a it's a team that now has Jimmy Butler who has playoff experience. You remember he has that playoff experience if you go back to his days with the Chicago Bulls. But I, I you know I, I just don't think they're gonna have enough with Chris Paul and James Harden and and, and now the, the, the Rockets do have some injuries um, or really a significant injury, but I don't think it's going to be enough to uh, to be able to thwart uh, the, the 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 Timberwolves. That is to be able to thwart ultimately the uh, Houston Rockets, and so I think the Rockets definitely um, are going to win that series. Your thoughts on the NBA playoffs? It's going hot and heavy. I can't wait. Hit me up. Via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two R-O-W. Give me your thoughts on all of the series. Switching gears up next here on From the Press Box to Press Row. NFL Draft hopeful, Martez Carter. The NFL Draft is in a couple of weeks, and we're talking draft here on From the Press Box to Press Row. And we've been talking with prospective draftees since 2006 and on the line we got a young man who in his career rushed for over 1800 yards as a matter of fact scored 42 touchdowns in a four-year career at Grambling won a black college national championship in 2016 with the Grambling Tigers was a box to row All-America that same year he's Grambling or now former Grambling running back Martez Carter joins us here on from the press box to press row Martez welcome to the program What's up, man? How you doing? 
I'm doing great, man. I know you're preparing for the draft and and all. Just 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 walk us through the pro the the process of what you've had to go through since your last game, the Celebration Bowl against ANT, to this point to prepare yourself for the draft coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, actually, uh, the day after Christmas, I got um I got on the plane and I've been training in Tampa. So ever since uh the twenty what the twenty sixth twenty seventh. I've been away from the house, just kind of grinding and and doing what was needed in order to have a great pro day and and just continue. I've just been grinding, man, for a long time now. Yeah, you had a really good pro day. Ran a four four uh, in, in the forty. Was it difficult? I know you won a, a championship in two thousand sixteen. You guys looked to repeat in two thousand seventeen. It just didn't happen. Was it was it sort of difficult to get over the loss in the celebration bowl and then? Then kind of get going to prepare for the NFL draft. Uh, it was it was it was a it was a quick transition. Um, but as as going to Grambling State, the transitions are always fast and they always bumpy. So I was pretty much prepared for the next thing that's going to happen, uh, which was the draft. And uh, I had some guys before me, Chester Rogers, Chad Williams, and those guys kind of they they kind of set me up and put me in a in the right in the right mind frame in order to be ready for all the hurdles that I had to overcome within these last three or four months. Yeah, it's up to, you know, we've had Chester and, and Chad on the program in the past, and those guys, of course, the Chad got drafted, what, third round uh, last year, pretty high up, and then Chester's doing his thing with the Indianapolis Colts. Man, how gratifying was it to have guys that have already been through this process in back-to-back years be able to help you now through this process? I look up to those guys as great big brothers as well as mentors and just to be able to call them and they answer the phone no matter what time it is and and, and just for those guys to shine some of that light on me so I won't make some mistakes that the fans guys have made and, and, and they just they just really just paving the way for those guys uh, like myself and more to come at HBCUs, especially Gremlin State, uh, which I'm so proud of. But just to be able to call those guys and just ask questions because they know about it firsthand Man, it's, it's an awesome feeling. Martez Carter, now former running back and kick returner for the Grambling Tigers, hoping to hear his name called in a couple of weeks in the NFL draft, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. What do you think, Martez, about the comparisons to a guy like a Tariq Cohen who played at A&T, who had a tremendous season for the Bears? It's an honor. You know, Tariq is a great kid, a great player. Uh, he's a great, humble humble player at that. And he's very explosive. And for people to say that I resemble uh, his game, man, it's just it, it, it's, it's remarkable. You know, uh, for guys to say I play just like that guy. And when I go and watch his game and some of the things he do, I know, I mean, just it's, it's just a blessing in itself. What, let me take you back to 2016. You really had a a tremendous season there, and and really, I mean, your 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 play in the Celebration Bowl was outstanding. Your play in the Bayou Classic was outstanding. It seemed as the season went along, you continued to get better and better. What did it mean to ultimately cap that 2016 as Black College National Champion in the manner in which you won the game over North Carolina Central? to put the game in my hand like that, uh, for him to trust me like that, for the whole team and 
the whole program just to lean on me like that. Uh, we've been in the slump for for quite some time. My coach called. I mean, when I when I got here, he said, "Give him three years and we'll win the SWAC title." We gave him three. We won the SWAC and the national title for. Him. So his statement just spoke volume, and to be able to make that come true for him and the ball club, man, I'm just happy to be a part of, of some just so great. You know, I want to I want you to share your story. You're from Monroe, of course. Big shots out. Uh, to our affiliate there in that area, Sports Talk 97.7. But, I mean, you know, you have an interesting story. You started out at Wiley College as a basketball player, ultimately ended up at Grambling, really is going to go down as one of the great running backs in the history of Grambling. And that's really saying something. How does one go from being a basketball player at Wiley who doesn't even have football to being a star at Grambling and on the verge of possibly being drafted in the NFL? Uh, I mean, it was it was a quick transition. Uh, my, my scholarship had got taken at Wiley College. I had no option, so... I met Coach Files over the Christmas break, and I kept he kept asking me, you know, just kept asking me, like, hey, man, you want to play football? I know you used to play ball in high school. You want to play football? And I just kept turning it down. Well, after the Christmas break, I went back, and my coach had said that he was transferring to Mississippi Valley to be the head coach over there. So I was just like, dang, you going to the SWAC? And then that's when it just rung a bell in my mind, like, I might as well take my, my, my talents to the SWAC as well. So I called Coach Files, and, I was like, I'm going to take you up on your offer. And he was like, man, unfortunately, you're going to have to walk on. So I'm like, man, all I need is a shot, you know. So he gave me a shot, invited me to uh, fall camping that summer. And uh, I played cornerback at the time. And I begged him and I begged him to let me play offense. And he put me on kick return. And he saw that I was really electrifying with the football. And he told me to give him one year so he can, you know, kind of recruit some guys on the defensive side so we can have some depth. And maybe he'll put me on offense, and that's exactly what he did. We got some guys in there that held it down on defense, and I was able to move the offense. And, and that's when the story really began, when I became Mr. Excitement. I, and that's, that's, how it, that's how it went. Yeah, you like that moniker, Mr. Excitement, right? Yes, sir. I love it. I mean, crowd pleaser. <laughs> Martez Carter, now formerly of Grambling, hoping to hear his name called in a couple of weeks in the NFL draft, joins us here on the program. Great story there, uh, Martez. Lastly, on that point, why did you, why is it that when Coach Fobbs was offering you the opportunity to play football at Grambling, that you did in fact turn him down? I love basketball, man. That's what I do. I play basketball. That's me. I'm I'm a basketball player, you know. And and when I got to Grambling, uh. The offensive coordinator called it basketball on grass because I just loved it so much that he just took the time to just, you know, incorporate my game into their playbook. But I love basketball so much, man, and and I wasn't going to let it go that easy. I was on scholarship doing what I love to do every day. And, I mean, who would want to leave that? Man, I can can play basketball pretty good, you know, and I just didn't want to leave what I was doing to go and play a sport that I really didn't like, like, so I, I just didn't want to give up my hoop dream. Yeah. So what? 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 And I get that. And of course, ultimately transferred to Grambling. In fact, to play football. You you mentioned not liking football. Maybe you just like basketball more. But what made you really, you know, let's say, fall in love with the game of football once again? Uh, I mean, once I found out that man, I was really good at the, at the game, and I really put my all into it, and and it's a possible, it's possibly a way that I can get my family out of out of any situation, and, and, and it's for the better. 
I just had to take my craft serious and and I just made the best of it. And that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm making the best of of, of the opportunity that, that's been put before me and, and I'm gonna continue to do it because at the end of the day God blessed me with a tremendous just raw talent and I and I wasn't and I wasn't I wasn't thankful enough. So and I feel like that was a slap in the face of the Lord himself. So I just I'm really just harnessing this talent and I'm just about to do everything I can to to give it all I got on the next level. Yeah, no question about it. You know, there was an article I read on you. Talk about Monroe. Seems like it's, you know, it's 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 tough there and it's, you know, maybe the environment isn't as conducive to being able to succeed for a lot of people there in Monroe. But obviously you're one of the exceptions. I came from, uh, 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 like everybody else, you know, everybody have a different story, everybody have a different journey. Monroe is tough, you know, and I got the whole city behind me now. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's no different from anybody else that came out of the projects or any part of the hood that's in their town. And now that I'm doing well, I got all the, uh, the guys behind me. I got all of the, the city folk, uh, you know, just the whole community. Uh, but, like I said, at the end of the day, man, I'm just really thankful for everybody just getting on the same page with me and just being so supportive. It means so much to me, man. I just, I, I just couldn't, I just couldn't, uh, I, I just couldn't ask for a better situation. Last couple of thoughts, Martez, and we appreciate the time. Martez Carter of Grambling joins us here on from the press box to press row. Kind of talk about that pro day, Martez. You you did very well there. Um, I did. I did pretty well. I, I ran a four four nine. I hit the bench fourteen times. Uh, jumped thirty six five vertical. Uh, Ten feet broad jump. I mean, I had a pretty solid day. They they loved me in the drills. I mean, I flew around pretty good. Uh, I had no drop balls in my individuals. I had no drop balls in the receiver drills. So I had a pretty solid day. I felt like I went out and made a a nice statement for myself and gave those guys something to look forward to and and kind of just to believe in me. So, I mean, I feel like it was a pretty solid pro day. Who, who, are, or what are, who are some of the teams that you visited to this point and maybe some uh, some other teams you're, you're going to visit here in the next uh, 10 days or so? Um, I, just, I just got back from Newark. I went to see the Jets. Um, I've been in deep conversation with, like, the 49ers, the Ravens, uh, the Texans. I mean, oh, uh, but, I mean, I mean, teams are starting to come around once they've seen me with having so much activity with other teams. And, I mean, like I said, you just, you just never know with this business and this game. You just got to kind of, you know, hope for the best, you know. Yeah, what, what did what did uh, Jets coach Todd Bowles have to say to you? He, of course, formerly did coach at Grambling. Um, actually, he was excited to see me. Uh, he hated that he didn't get Chad. Uh, when he had a chance to, uh, he loved giving those HBCU guys a, a, uh, an opportunity. You know, Chad Williams, he was at, uh, you know, Coach Todd. Uh, he was he was here at Gremlin coaching the DBs at one point with Coach Doug. So I mean, it's pretty. It was pretty exciting. And then uh, I met another guy, the running backs coach, Coach Stumps. Uh, I believe he's the running backs coach, and he was over there at Southern as well. So I felt pretty at home when I was down in New York. Yeah, no doubt, Stump Mitchell there uh, in in New York. Lastly, where are you gonna, you know, where are you gonna watch uh, the draft, and 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 what do you think it's gonna be like uh, if and when you hear your name called? 
still be some emotions flare. Now I'm I'm pretty much probably just do a small watch party in my hometown. Uh, I'm still orchestrating that, you know, because you never could, you never can just predict what goes on in this draft, and I don't want to do something too soon or too late. But as as far as getting my name called, man, I'm gonna be I'm probably just gonna be overwhelmed with 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 probably tears of joy. I'm gonna cry because for so long I was like, man, if that was me. Man, if that was me and it's actually me and I have a possibility of getting my name called and, and going to the big dance. So I'm just kind of just living in the moment right now and hopefully these 15, 16 days just breeze on by so we all can see what, what's to come in the future. Yep, Martez Carter, formerly of Grambling Box to Row, All-American, rushed for over 1,800 yards in his career, 42 touchdowns in his four-year uh, career at Grambling joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Martez, we appreciate the time, and we look forward to hearing your name called in a couple of weeks. Thank you. Very good insight from Martez Carter. Up next here on From the Press Box to Press Row, you never know, but come back with us on the other side. It's Donald Ware. From the Press Box to Press Row. Welcome back to From the Press Box to Press Row. Join us here on The Conversation. It is up via Twitter at Fox to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W-1. Facebook, B-O-X, number T-R-O-W. Did you see the story earlier in the week where the oldest rookie ever made his debut with the Lakers? I don't know if you heard about this. It was a great story. We talk about the NBA and from the again as i mentioned from the beginning of the end of last season up until now the nba has been hot and heavy hasn't really been much of an off season not a whole lot you know maybe maybe august right prior to the opening of camps but andre ingram had been a basically a lifer in the d well formerly the d league now the g league and uh, most recently was with the Lakers G League team. And he came in for an exit interview with the general manager of the uh, of the G League team. And then um, you had the you had Magic Johnson and the, the general manager of the Lakers. And then Magic Johnson came into the room and ultimately they signed him to the Lakers squad for the rest of the season. Now, this was a guy. He's from Richmond. He played his ball at American University in Washington. And, I mean, he shot 48% from three-point range in the G League. 32 years old, got to make his debut with the Lakers. And what does he do? He nails four of five from long distance, scores 19 points in the game. As a matter of fact, the Lakers won that game. And actually, you know what? Not a bad season for the Lakers, by the way. But I mean, that is just such a great story. This guy is 32 years old. Again, 10 years in the D slash G League, and ultimately is able to come up to the big club. Got a, you know, it's a, just a big surprise for him, and it was just great to really see, and then to come in and to be able to do what he was able to do in the uh, in the game was really really good. I hope he has a chance. You know, I, I think, you know, from a money perspective, certainly, and I, when you are part of a 
a, a G League team, there are in your contract there you get a certain amount for playing for that team in the G League, and then if you get called up to, in this case, the Lakers, but any any big ball club or any of the you know the, the NBA teams, then you make a certain amount of money if you're part of the roster of that particular team. So obviously his money went up in those in those games uh, that he was able to uh, to play in, and. No, hopefully he sticks with the with the team. I mean, you know, maybe he sticks with the Lakers on next year or with another team. You know, I'd much rather ride the bench in the NBA than to be a star in the G League. It's no knock on the G League. It's just you know a couple of things there. You know, the the money. I mean, you know, if you're if you're you know, especially at his age, I'm sure he's you know he's not going to have a whole lot more ball left in him. Um, you know, he's a guy that um, that, you know, probably is looking towards what he's going to do next in life if he's not already doing something now. So you want to be able to make that money. And I'd rather make that money sitting on the bench with the Lakers than playing and being a star in the G League strictly from a monetary standpoint, especially where he is at 32 years old in life. So congratulations to Andre Ingram. What a wonderful story. Don't know if you saw this story, but Colin Kaepernick had a tryout, was scheduled to have a tryout with the Seattle Seahawks. And then ultimately he now from the way that I understood the story, he was supposed to have a tryout with the Seahawks. Contingent upon him um, not or, or standing, I should say, or, or not showing any protest. I should I should say that not showing any protest. And then ultimately um, says he wouldn't st- stop kneeling. So he, he was able to initially get the, the tryout from the Seahawks, I guess, because he said he wasn't going to kneel and then ultimately decided against that and said that um you know, he won't stop kneeling. And then what the Seahawks did is ultimately pulled the tryout from under him. Now, the way that I understand it moving forward, there could still be a possibility of him getting that tryout. And again, just like we talked about last week, I mean, there's now, you know, again, you know, these stories continue to come out and each story presents the fact that Colin Kaepernick definitely is we, we already knew he was getting blackballed, but this just goes just disproves it and it goes to show it's not what you know is what you can prove. And this is another example of proving that Colin Kaepernick is being blackballed. I said it last week when the Ravens signed RG three. Essentially to me, RG three and Colin Kaepernick are the same quarterback. I would say Colin Kaepernick is better yet. The Ravens who thought about signing Kaepernick on last year ultimately decided not to signed RG three did not sign Kaepernick and but you know my thing is this is it time for Colin Kaepernick to drop his protest is it time for him to drop the protest you know from the beginning I I'm all I was always one that believed that listen I I don't yeah I don't really have a problem with it I like what he's doing what he's done and he's put his money where his mouth is and bringing awareness to discrimination against 
against black and brown people. I really like the fact that he's doing that. He's brought awareness to it. Um, I mean, at his own expense. Is it? And you've had a lot of these guys, a lot of these players that um, decided to stand with Kaepernick. And, you know, kudos to them because that's not an easy situation, especially if you're a guy that's marginal. If you're a star in this league and you do that, you can withstand that. It's it's what I've said about Kaepernick that, you know, I think that if he was a bigger star, a better player, he wouldn't be having these problems that he's having. With that being said, you've had some guys that have been okay players that have stood with him. A lot of them have now said that they're not going to do that this upcoming season. So is it time for Kaepernick to drop what he's doing in terms of kneeling during the national anthem or at least saying, hey, I'm not going to kneel during. I mean, you can say you're not going to kneel during the national anthem and then ultimately you can. But I'm sure that if he signs a contract, whether it's with the Seahawks or with any other team, that probably is going to be a stipulation in the contract that if you, in fact, kneel, team can cut you or whatever the case may be. And then it, it really is going to lessen his chances for getting another opportunity. Maybe it's time for him to. Uh, in, if he wants to play, I mean, this is the bottom line, fair or not. I think he has definitely made the point. I I, I, I don't know how many strides have been made. I, I know there was some kind of um, some kind of uh, Malcolm Jenkins and others. Of course, Malcolm Jenkins, the safety with the Philadelphia Eagles and others sat, went uh, and, and met with NFL officials, including Roger Goodell. And then apparently uh, the NFL or the National Football League is going to donate money to various causes. I really, you know, I, I didn't really dive into that particular story, the outcome of that meeting. But but that is at least from what I've read a little bit. That's what came out of that particular meeting. But, you know, I mean, if you want to play ball, you got to play by the rules, I think. I mean, that's just the bottom line. And, you know, the bottom line to me is if he wants to continue to kneel he's not even going to get that opportunity to continue to kneel because he's not going to be on the football field but I think if he stops kneeling and plays with a team and then ultimately gets into a game because I think ultimately with the right team he will I think I mean I think if I look at the league and some of the starting quarterbacks and some of the on some of the teams I mean I think he has an opportunity to start in this league. I think he has an opportunity to be a starter in the league based upon the needs of some of the other teams although you're looking at some of the teams that have really upgraded at, at quarterback so he's going to be a he's a should be a highly sought after backup. But him staying out does absolutely nothing. You know, him staying off a team does nothing. Now, if he's on a team and he's not kneeling and then he comes into the game, it's to me, it's still going to have sort of the same effect because we're going to say, OK, Kaepernick's in the game and he's doing whatever it is, it is he's doing on the field and he's probably going to excel. I mean, if you look throughout his career, his first and second years in the league, first year he led San Francisco to a Super Bowl appearance. Then the next year he led them to the NFC Championship game. He's a winner. This guy's won. Yeah, his last year wasn't so great, but this guy's a winner. So you got to figure that if he is going to come in and play, he's even though I don't think he's a great quarterback, he's better than a lot of these other guys uh, that are playing and I think is going to have some success. So I think just him being on the field 
is going to speak for what he stands for ultimately. You can't speak for something you stand for if you're not in position to be able to make that stand. So I, you know, I, I'm one that believes maybe it, it, it's it's done something. I, I, obviously, it hasn't. We're not where we need to be in this country, particularly where with respect and where it relates to black and brown people. However, I think that what he stood for was admirable. I think that it has caused a lot of conversation, which I think was part of what he wanted to achieve. I think it has raised consciousness and awareness. And I think it's time now for Colin Kaepernick to agree to the and, and you know, maybe part of it is he doesn't want to be he. You know, maybe he's not going to kneel, but he doesn't want to be told that he can't do it. Maybe that's part of it as well. That could definitely be part of it. But I'd like to be able to see him on the field. And, you know, if he drops the stance, somebody, you know, the Seahawks and maybe some other teams are willing to give him an opportunity. And then when he gets his time to shine, I think ultimately what he stood for is going to speak volumes anyway because his play on the field is going to speak. I think he's going to do well. But also, I believe that people will still be talking about what he stood for. If you're not on the field and you're not in position, then you're, you're, you're not going to be able to have any effect. Your thoughts. Hit me up via Twitter. We can talk about this offline. Hit me up on Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X. The number two R-O-W. Gotta run. Thank you to Martez Carter for joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Listen, got a great article on our website. B.J. Evans is the, the, the vice, or, you know, he's director of basketball communications for the Cleveland Browns. He's an A&T graduate. He works with LeBron James all the time and others. Log on to our website at BoxToRow.com. Read his story and read his journey from A&T to now a big time man with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And always remember to support those that support you. From the press box to press row is presented by DW Communications. Can't afford to stop